are delighted to have James Ward Burkett back on Bad Dad's Film Review to chat about his new project, Shatterbelt. Jim has writing and directing credits on the brilliant Coherence that we were fortunate enough to talk to you about before. You have writing credits I saw on IMDb on the Oscar-winning Rango and storyboard artist credits on Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, which is the terrific Andy Garcia and Christopher Walken and... It's a movie you like, yeah. isn't it? And The Vehicle for English Comedian Lee Evans' Mouse Hunt, which is an interesting one, three Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean movies, and the stylish Edgar Wright heist movie uh, Baby Driver, which I checked, and yeah, that does give you the most impressive career in Hollywood out of the four of us on this <laughs> chat today. Oh, well, well I'll, take, I'll tell my mother. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for coming back on the show. We saw some so, some buzz on social media about your new project, Shatterbelt. What can you tell us about it? Yeah, well, we're just starting to get the word out in the last couple days or weeks, and it's, it's brand new, and it's uh, a little series that I wanted to create. And, you know, people know that, pe- that directors make independent films and they take them out, but I thought, well, what if I just make an independent TV series? What if I just start shooting my own episodes to my own show, the show that I wished existed? And we're just kind of willing it into existence right now. And it's happening right now. We just had our first shoot last week with Patton Oswalt and we're gearing up for our, our next shoot next week, which has Emily Baldoni and Hugo Armstrong, who were in Coherence, mm-hmm. they're two of the actors. And we're just trying to gather friends and supporters and, and figure out how to raise money to to make it all happen. So it's all being done in the sort of spirit, the guerrilla spirit of coherence then. Exactly. Yeah. It it can't be more independent. I mean, you read this list of Hollywood movies that I've been involved in and and that's been great. And and I enjoy helping other people make their dreams come true. That's fine. But I I I want to be a director, you know, I want to make my own stuff. And instead of waiting around for a studio to give me permission, which could take years and years, I just like, I'm just gonna make it. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna start shooting it. And that's how we make coherence, and that's how we're making Shatterbelt. Wow! And so you mentioned, I think, in our our last interview, your fondness for the Twilight Zone, and then a, a yeah. series that you mentioned to us that came out a little bit after our chat was Tales from the Loop. So are they sort right. of, and those are sort of sci-fi anthology shows? Is that the kind of thing that you're bringing to us with Shatterbelt? Yeah, exactly. I, imagine just a very, very indie version of those, where you can tell. Well, hopefully you won't be able to tell, but you can sense that it's, you know, a tiny crew and it's straight out of the creator's mind. It's unfiltered by executives. It's unfiltered by a network. It's just... It hasn't been focus group to death. Yeah, I just have the idea. I write it and then we're shooting it. And it's got a rawness to it and an immediacy that I think true science fiction fans will really respond to because it just goes into some weird ideas about reality and and the nature of consciousness. And, you know, we don't have any, we don't have any budget to have spaceships and robots, (laughs) but the actors are great and the ideas are really interesting and they're, and they're short. They're, you know, 25 minutes each. So you're in, you're out, you have a whole complete story and you can then watch the next one. It's a completely new story, new cast. There are little uh, threads that tie them together. Okay. A couple of the actors appear in, in different episodes, and there's definitely thematic threads that uh, connect them. But uh, yeah, there's like little bite-sized pieces of science fiction for, for true 
True nerds. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> and and are all of the shows exploring a different facet of consciousness or um, Yeah. Like one of them is about AI and, and kind of this strange stair stepping of AI. You know, usually in in movies they show, oh, AI has suddenly become completely conscious and now it wants mm. to take over the world. And and we were sort of saying, well, wait, 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 wait. What about the eight hundred steps before that? Like what are the mm. what are the baby steps? Mm. And one of them is about dreams and what happens in this sort of collective consciousness of of our dreams. One is a little bit of the multiverse, a different take on the multiverse than coherence. And and a lot of them just reflect on like what are the rules of how the universe is put together? Like, are we in a simulation? Is are there codes? Can you crack the code to the way reality works? It's all kind of fun ideas that you want to be up till two o'clock in the morning with your friends yeah because i'm already about. thinking there's there's a few people who argue that we're more likely to be in a simulation than and exactly. that there's no reality so that's exactly. that's good thoughts for keeping you up at night is, is this- yeah you can just geek out on it with your buddies and, and eat eat apple pie and talk about these things <laughs> until you fall asleep I was going to ask, is this how you come up with these ideas? Is it two o'clock around the table, a couple of beers with friends and and bouncing these thoughts around? Sometimes, but for me, it's usually first thing in the morning I wake up in that weird state of coming out of whatever dream world I was in. And you're like, wow, my brain is now coming online. So where was it? Where Mm. did I go? And, And what if it came online into a different operating system you know it's it's booting up every time you wake up in the morning it's like mm. and you know our computers have different os's what if what if our brains did yeah i love it i love it and you mentioned before that pat oswalt is involved how how did he get involved and what's what role that's, is he playing that's part of the story of how this whole thing exists you know i, I was writing scripts a few months ago I was, uh, and Patton suddenly tweeted about coherence and how much he loved it and he just discovered it and in a throughout the day he tweeted like 15 times about it and suddenly we had people talking about it again and and this whole year people have been talking about it in ways that haven't really happened it's it's strange because we came out very small when we came out six or seven years ago and it's grown you know, the awareness has grown. And so now I get more fan mail than ever, or more requests from, from people to talk about it than ever. And I think it's cool. probably the movie that when people talk to us about the podcast, I think it's the, probably they talk the movie they talk to us about the most that we've reviewed. I so. love that. I love that. It's, it's like a slow wave. And then in, apparently in China, it has become this cultural cultural talking point for uh, people under a certain age. It's now in a list of all-time movies, like uh, the 250 movies of all time up there with like Titanic and Schindler's List and wow. The Godfather. Like, so in weird places around the world, I'm getting feedback that it's it's sort of finally finally getting a waves of, of support. Yeah, well, you created a cult masterpiece seen by millions of people inspiring incredible online discussions and yet it doesn't appear to be enough to convince hollywood that your movie was a success which just it must drive you crazy because it's a conversation we've had a few times sometimes we've been like there's got to be something wrong with this guy maybe he's got like yeah (laughs) he's just crazy he's just crazy yeah 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 and you and if you want to keep thrusting that knife in as far as (laughs) as as it can go i i could really tell you some stories about 
how over the last few years there have been, you know, at least 30 things that almost went, you know, that were just about to go. And for some reason or another, they imploded or, you know, what also happens is that the studio wants to change the idea or, or start altering the course of, you know, affecting the purity of, of the idea. Mm. And I just kind of realized that if I'm going to make something on my on my terms i'm just gonna have to do it myself i think that's really inspiring and and part of the thing that i saw thought was interesting about shatterbelt as well is that you're passing on that drive and that information to aspiring filmmakers as well as part of the kickstarter project right for shatterbelt because you're saying well this is how if you want to know how to go and make a movie with like five or six people and a camera this is how you do it yeah, that's one of the most gratifying things about the last few years is connecting to all these young filmmakers. And by young, you could be 90 years old. It just means that it's you're you're starting out. Yeah. You're you're starting to make your own movies. And I, I I feel very honored that that people have been inspired by it and want to know how we did it and and so we thought, okay, when we do it this time, we got to share this information. We have to allow those people to be a part of it. And it's really sharing problem solving because it's nothing but problems. You know, when you, when you don't have money to, to throw at it, you're constantly just dealing with every little thing. Like on the Patton Oswalt shoot, we had a, a sandstorm come up the very mm. first day and we instantly had to like make these alterations to the, to this carefully, you know, planned, two-day shoot and we, yeah because you've that's scenes. it you've got his time and yeah he's gonna go he's 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 out of there in, in two days and you can't build a wall to protect yourself from the sandstorm or all the things that you could do if you're on a big movie you could you could push it a month or you could mm. cgi it or whatever we so just what do you do do you incorporate it into the story then or uh how yeah, I mean, we picked this location because it had absolutely gorgeous blue skies. That was one of the reasons. And so on the day, those were completely gone. And so we just said, okay, new new idea here. This is a wasteland, and it's windy, and it's it's sandy. But really, it was about moving scenes, you know, just logistically. Like, all those outdoor scenes, we now have to move indoors. Mm -hmm. Or that one thing that I was going to have that really clever thing happen, I'm not going to do it. So it's it's being mobile and being able to communicate with your crew who, who are, you know, five or six people who are just ready to do anything, but say, oh, that thing that we were going to do on the mountaintop, let's now do that in a field. Mm -hmm. And we were literally every five minutes making changes like that just to get through the day. And then we ended up getting Patton out of there on time so that the second day he was home for dinner. And we just said, oh, my God, we did it. We, <laughs> we didn't. We didn't, you know, force him to to abandon the project. He actually stayed and, and he in, seemed to enjoy himself. So even though we completely had to change it, it was still felt like a success. Oh, I love that. I love that story. I, I wonder what it was like for you then getting the old band back together after Coherence then. How many how many of the people from Coherence have been included into Shatterbelt? Well, you know, my main collaborator on Coherence was Alex Manugian, who played Amir mm -hmm. in the film. So he was someone to, that I'd bounce ideas off. So he's definitely involved as a, 
you know, as a, as a brain. And then I'm already reaching out to some of the actors like Emily Baldoni and, and Hugo Armstrong. So my sister who ended up helping raise some money, she's now involved. She's her, her name is Alyssa Burkett and she's an executive producer. So coherence had so few people involved. There's not much band <laughs> to put back together, but yeah, we're, we're definitely, you know, we'll take support anywhere we can get it. And, and coherence had some of the best people, you know, I could have hoped to work with. Well, you are running a, a Kickstarter and, you know, people, you guys should help Jim bring his vision uh, to fruition. The bad dads have personally backed this uh, yeah. project, haven't we? We're, we want to oh. see this come to the screen because we're excited by your work. And if you're out there, listeners, and you can spare anything at all, it can help bring something new and different to the world that we all want to see, I think. so. Anything at all. And even if it's $5 or $10, it doesn't, we just need backers because then, you know, the, the algorithm puts us at the top of the page or whatever. We just need to show that people are supporting it. And it's incredibly valuable because literally every $10 we get affects the quality of the yeah. shoot like suddenly oh there's enough money for water okay got toilet it? paper people we somebody just gave us ten dollars we got toilet paper well something that might tie into that i was going to ask you about is about how filmmaking might have changed as a result of covid and and how that's impacted something like your kind of shoot which had that independent style but i guess you've got to follow a load of rules and regulations now we have a lot of rules and i'll tell you that the most surprising part is that there's so many people offering to help us that we can't really take on because every time you add a person, you add this, you know, COVID testing mm. and layers of complications. So in the past, if, if 10 or 15 people were like, Hey, can we come and help you and be extras and stuff? It was great. But mm, yeah. now we can't really do that because you can't just show up to a shoot. You have to go through these protocols and the COVID compliance. Concepts like the the multiverse and the sort of many worlds interpretation of physics and those sorts of things are becoming much more mainstream, obviously, with like Marvel firmly down that road. Do you think this kind of thing helps or hinders you when you're trying to bring an original sci-fi vision to the screen? I think it's all helpful because it doesn't matter how mainstream something gets, then it just means the fringe is somewhere else. And, and I'm always going to be attracted to, okay, so where, where right now, where, what aren't we talking about? What are the fringes of, of these ideas that are out there, but haven't been explored enough? There's, there's always more, there's always other places to poke around and explore. And it's always thrilling to, to figure out what that is. And, and especially with Shatterbelt, because we're allowed to be a little strange and, and allowed to be a little more niche. We took Coherence on this, this film festival tour, you know, around the world. And I got to talk to both horror fans mm. and science fiction fans. And the horror fans were like, they get a new horror movie every day almost. <laughs> you know, they, they are completely satisfied because they're just there's so much horror being made but the science fiction fans were like we got to wait a year yeah between good science fiction between mm. you know smart science fiction mm. and like challenging science fiction they're saying yeah sometimes it's 10 12 months between these things and so i realized oh there's a really underserved audience out there who would love to have something every week i love the fact that i'm just as well sitting there thinking the horror fans can claim coherence as theirs and the science fiction fans can too. So they're both satisfied. Oh, I hope so. I, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I saw that you worked as a storyboard artist on Baby Driver. I mean, that's really cool. I really like that movie. Did you? Yeah. Can you tell us anything about what that was like to work on? Well, it was so fun. I I only worked on it a few weeks. Edgar um, reached out because he was already very far into the production. And working with directors, I, I love it because you mind meld with them. You know, I to be effective, I kind of have to first understand where they're coming from and what they're trying to do. And he was so thorough and he had already figured out every beat and every musical note and how it related to the shots that honestly, really, I was just a hand drawing what was already (laughs) in his head and which I don't mind because it's still fun to be in someone's head for a few weeks. But I was really impressed at how much Edgar had already figured it out and and was really letting the music and the rhythm of it mm. sort of drive these scenes. It was really wonderful. It was a completely new way of working and, and I learned a lot from it. Oh, fantastic. The last thing I had on my list, and I don't, know, I don't know about you guys, is I probably spent two and a half hours Googling this and I'm still not 100% clear on what a Shatterbelt is. The description I can most get behind is a series of states or regions where local conflicts are endangered and manipulated by opposing greater powers. It's a geopolitical term. Is that is that what you're... I learned it as a geopolitical term, but then I also realized quickly that it could be a poetic term. But yes, it's it's this area of disruption between two big powers, often, you know, two countries and that weird strip, you know, between yeah. two two worlds where like, oh, that's where the scavengers are. That's where these weird deals are being made between, you know, on the black market. But it's also... If you notice, like where where a university is, often in a city, there's a little band around it of tattoo parlors and art, funky art galleries, yeah. and weird coffee shops, and weird art art uh, house theaters, and and late night, you know, installation things. That's the Shatterbelt. That's this area between the two worlds where the rules are a little bit different. Anything can happen. It's disrupted and yet livable, and it's more interesting than anywhere because of the. It's a special place, and if that doesn't make you want to see Shatterbelt, then you've <laughs> lost your damn mind. Fantastic! I'm just so impressed listening to you about the the agility, really, of your shoot being able to to transform into the situation that's thrown at you. And I just want looking back now, are these things that worked out well and you, you're really pleased that that kind of sandstorm came and the way that it, it's come out and everything? Or would you go back again if Patton had his time? Oh, my God. I mean, it's a great question because in the moment, it's painful. It's stressful. It feels like it's all going to crash. We had a truck that was a key piece of the story that was an old truck from the 70s. And we were really excited because we found one online that we could rent for a day. And we drove it all the way two hours to this remote location. And after the sandstorm happened, the truck wouldn't start. And my heart and my muscles and my lungs were just like locking up and going, how is this happening this can't be happening. And so you just have to like use every ounce of problem solving and calm down and, and breathe through it and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And somehow through those calm, you know, 
you have to put blinders on in a way, but through this calm step-by-step, you can lead your way out of the pit of despair, get the shots you need and somehow call it a success. So yes, I'm actually thrilled that it happened the way it did because it's going to come, you know, come out completely different than I imagined, but I'm absolutely sure it's going to be the way it needs to be. Fantastic. Yeah. It, it, it does kind of just whet the appetite to, to see this, doesn't it? I'm, um, I, I mean, I was totally blown away by, by coherence. This sounds even more exciting. What's, I mean, you've got another, how many is in the series of, of Shatterbelt? Well, the first season, if we can raise a little bit of money, will be four or five episodes and we'll call it a series. And then the seasons after that, or we'll call it a season. The seasons after that, I could, would hope, you know, there'd be tw- 10 or 20 per, per year. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. That's I think we dream. all look forward to that. Fantastic. Yeah. And the budgets will be bigger. Maybe we can go into space finally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, a little bit of art department going on. <laughs> Jim, thanks so much for giving us your time today. Any Bad Dads film review listeners, uh, go to Kickstarter, uh, shatterbelt.tv is the website. And uh, there's a link to the Kickstarter as well. We can all help bring this together. Thank you guys so much. Well, any support is helpful and and just getting the word out. And again, this is just the very beginning. So this will keep going and going and, and this will be just, uh, just the start of something special. So thank you for all of it. Thanks, Jim. <laughs>